When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures for men. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Welcome to Furious Finest, a podcast for the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm just feeling great. A new day has dawned for Marvel Crisis Protocol, and I am very excited about it. That's right. You and I have been kind of waiting for this day, waiting to do an episode on the podcast. We've been getting little snippets of information over time. There was the first episode of this where Omnis and I dug deep into the new rules, changes on Hulk, Steve, Modok, and Shuri, to name a few. But today, Chris, we have the full document for Marvel Crisis Protocol. And that's this new document that's giving us all the new rules changes, the new ban and restricted list, the new tactics cards, the new gem changes, and then, of course, last but not least, all these errated and changed slightly early character cards for the game. And now we have a print and play that we can print out and start playing with right now at home. I am very excited about that. I've been looking forward to having these rules just all the way released so we can just start figuring them out, start getting into the rhythm of using them. It's going to take a while. We're going to have to be a little kind with each other. That's true. (laughs) Reminding each other of the changes and things like that. But it's going to be good overall. I, I really find them to be very positive. Yeah. And speaking of them being positive, we really hope you guys enjoyed the last episode of the show. It was kind of an unexpected and different episode that you probably weren't ready for on the feed. But of course, that is, I got to be part of a wonderful, large community roundtable of Marvel Crest Protocol content creators and community members from across the world, Chris, of all different people. I mean, the representation was incredible. I credit Jacob from Xavier Protocols for that because he set up the entire roundtable. And on that, we were talking about a lot of things that spoke to me, Chris, namely positivity in this game, treating not only your opponent, but the community at large with respect, positivity, and just always keeping in mind the thing I've said on the show since the beginning, Chris, every character in this game is someone's favorite character in Marvel. And that means a lot to someone. And we need to treat the characters as such and just not go full toxic gamer on them, you know? (laughs) And that's my goal. 
Yeah, that full toxic gamer doesn't really stand around me. Sorry. That does not fly on this show, and that does not fly in the Marvel Crisis Protocol community, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of competitive players out there who like to use, you know, all these gamer speak words that I'm trying to eliminate entirely from the vocabulary of the world. Very hard to do. Words like <laughs> trash, jank, cute, all these things that are like slights on p- things people like need to be gone from our game systems, especially our communities, because this is a game, Chris, that is, in my opinion, the best miniatures game ever made. And then on top of that, it's about Marvel, which all in all, all the themes of Marvel point to hope, positivity, goodness, you know, all these things we strive for in our superheroes that reflect back in real life. And, you know, when people get like that in the competitive community, especially, it does bother me because my first thought is, oh, no, is this someone's first exposure to our community through this means? And then that kind of gets me thinking, like, I really hope that's not the case because 95% of the Marvel Christ Protocol community is not like this. Unfortunately, that 5% are a vocal negative bunch sometimes. It's not the only problem we have with that vocal negative bunch. Yeah, they happen to be all over the internet in certain places. But, you know, Chris, I mentioned that because today, here we are. We're having rules changes. We're having cards changes. We're having character cards changes. You at home as a listener, think about this. This is going to be a tumultuous time and a very joyful time. And don't let someone on the internet get you down because they're really upset about some random particular change that just struck a chord with them. This time will pass, hopefully, you know, and we'll be on to better and bigger things, Chris, you know, but I just say stay positive at home, stay positive in your communities because we are all now building local communities with the world opening back up again. So it's very paramount we stay focused on this goal. And the goal today, Chris, is talk about these changes, just worth our initial thoughts on them and then our, you know, what it means potentially for the game going forward. And I will say this is going to be a two-part episode because today we're going to discuss the new rules changes, the new banned and restricted list, the two gems that were changed, and then the seven tactics cards that were changed. So today's episode is going to be a rules-centered and tactics card-centered episode. Next episode will be Chris and I diving deep into these character card changes. So Chris, I think we just got to get right into it. But before that, we got to thank the patrons. Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games Inc. Go to discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and other miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support, for their community, and for their positivity. And this week, we have a very special thank you going out to a very special patron. Thanks, Ron. Thank you, Ron. And of course, Chris, you and I alluded to this in our Shang-Chi episode and a couple episodes that have followed since. But if you haven't heard our spiel, even though we haven't hit our goal yet on the Patreon, Chris and I are going forward with the putting out bonus episodes. It's just not going to be on a super tight deadline. We're just going to put them out when they're out. So we're starting to have bonus episodes of the show out now for all the Asgardian tier patrons and above, because we really wanted to reward those people that give more to support the podcast. So If you're an Asgardian, make sure to check the Patreon because we are starting to post bonus episodes on a separate podcast feed for you and everyone at the tier above. So Chris, like you and I said in our earlier episode, the bonus episodes are going to be list building, Marvel discussion, Star Wars discussion, all the way to who knows what. We're just going to be all over the place. It's going to be great. Commentaries on movies. Good things. 
really excited to do these things, which is part of the reason we're doing them before the goals is because we're excited for them. So that's right. Well, Chris, and you and I discuss off mic that a lot of the patrons that have been with us this long, even though we haven't hit that goal yet, we want to give them something now, you know, and then for in sure. the future, when we hit these goals, increase more content in the future. But just for now, even when we give some commentaries, some list building dojo sessions, things like that, we're going to do it because, you know, Chris, you and I have some X-Men thoughts on X-Men list building that we want to start digging deep into. And we're just going to start running mics when we do that, because there's a lot of things we've got planned, man. And there's some fun comic book and movie discussions that we have planned as well. So if you're a patron at the Asgardian tier and up, check out the bonus episodes. But Chris, we couldn't do this show without the Avenger producers of Fury's Finest correct? No. And every week we have to send just all our best wishes to our guys, Zach Attack, Rusty, Keith, and Dylan. Thanks guys. Special shout out to Dylan this week who got me connected with a really incredible resin printer to print me a Sebastian Stan Winter Soldier. Oh no. That's what I've always wanted because I, Chris, you, as you know, I, this Winter Soldier sculpt, it's very hard for me to look at. It's, yeah. And especially hard to look at after the Falcon and Winter Soldier show where Sebastian Stan just knocked it out of the park once again and got more screen time. So I'd love an MCU Bucky and now that's going to happen for me. So stay tuned. I'll post pictures on the Instagram of the MCU Bucky. And that's a lead in for later because we got some Bucky discussion. Yeah, we really do. Okay, Chris. Starting off today, we're going to talk about the rules changes. Some of these I, you and I spoke on in the initial episode, and then the episode, of course, I had with Omnis, I spoke on more rules changes. So those I'm going to go on a quick pass, but I'm going to talk about some of these subtle changes that happened too. So basically, we have a whole new rule book now for Marvel Christ Protocol. It's good. I mean, it's the yes. same rule book, but you know, changes in places that need changes and clarification. I love that. I also love that. It's the sign of a game that is getting support and being played and being thought about and being talked about. It's good. Well, and so many changes, Chris, after only the game being out for two years is is, is a good thing, you know? And really, we say two years, I mean, we're just now hitting the two-year mark in full. So this is really positive and healthy for the game. So I'm going to go through a lot of these in quick passes, and then we can talk about the ones that stand out to us. So the first change we mentioned on our earlier episode is the updated rosters. That, of course, is the alter ego rule has been modified and changed. Earlier in the game's rules, you can only have one character with an alter ego of the same name. So for instance, in your 10 character roster. So for instance, you could only have one Peter Parker in your 10 character roster, even though you could have potentially two different versions of Spider-Man in your roster. That has now been changed. You can have five threat Spider-Man and four threat Spider-Man in your roster, two Peter Parkers, alter egos, presumably three Peter Parkers in the future, maybe, and have no issues. This is just one of those things, Chris. Like, I think it's a good change. That's the easiest of all these changes, I think. That was and that was the most obvious. Yeah, it's and it's great. Avengers players rejoice, right? You can actually take three threat widow and two threat widow now every time with no issues, and you just flex how you want. There will be a day when we've got two different versions of a character that both have leadership abilities. It's going to happen, you know. You think so? Okay. Absolutely. Like another version of Storm, I 100% believe we could get like another leader Storm that's maybe a higher threat cost or something. Just a different version of the character. Yep. Same alter ego, different names of the characters. So it's legal for your list. Exactly. And, and it just makes perfect sense 
to be able to bring young Spider-Man and the amazing Spider-Man. It just makes sense. It makes too much sense. And of course, Chris, speaking of more changes, we talked about the Infinity Gem change before. We'll talk about it again. Infinity Gems no longer take a slot in your roster, but they do have to be stapled to a character now. So you do open up a slot in your roster, but now it's stapled to that character as in every time you run that character in your roster, you have to run them with the gem. So Doctor Strange now, if you want to run Doctor Strange with the Soul Gem, which is a very powerful and common way to run Doctor Strange in Defenders in particular. He's always going to be sixth threat no matter what. That can't oscillate like the old system where you can run him as five without the gem. You can run him six with the gem. Now it's he's always sixth threat because the gem is stapled to him. But now you have nine slots left in your roster. Overall, I think this is a really positive change for the game. Omnis and I talked about the viability of this opening up dual and triple affiliations even more, which I think is a positive change. But you do got to get um, creative with your uh, list building, Chris. Well, that's great because that's just more content for us. But I mean, I, I do think that this is a positive change. This is one. This is a step that's going to make sure that the game is decided during the actual rounds of the game and not sure. with some pregame trickery and super smart turn zero-ness. Exactly. And it, as much as I respect the super smart turn zero-ness, it's... Well, and you can still do that, Chris. With and turn you zero. still can. It just needs to be brought in line with everything else. That's all. Right. And the TTS League has been a factor of this because they've played so many games. Well, let's not even call it the turn zero, Chris. Let's call it the turn before turn zero is what we're really talking about. They were very good at this. It was involving tactics cards, deployments, crisis yes. cards. We're about to go in through all this. Now, turn zero, it's actually one of my biggest strengths in miniature games. You are very good at it. And that's just deploying your units properly and reactively against your opponent. But moving on, speaking of these pre-turn zero changes, my favorite change, Chris. Tactics cards are increased to 10 now out of 8. We talked about this on the show the first time. We're going to talk about it again briefly. This is amazing. Named character card stock are way up. This is another easy, easy, no-brainer change. Being able to bring these more character-specific cards, not having to treat every tactics card slot as a, a very precious, precious resource. Like you said earlier, all of these changes are just opening up list building in a big way. Wolverine got a lot better with this change. Because yes, unfortunately, he he's very tactics card dependent. So that opens up... Your roster, because the gym changed, no longer takes up slots, and that opens up your tactics cards because now you go from 8 to 10. And like I said, Chris, I've been giving demos of the game in recent months, and I have been using this tactics card change, just teaching people the game. 10 characters, 10 tactics cards. It's so clean. It's so good it to just teach It just makes them. sense. It just makes perfect sense. And it even makes more sense where you say you have 10 characters, you have 10 tactics cards, you pair down to the characters for the threat, and you pair down to five tactics cards. Like That just makes perfect sense to people. They understand that. It's just cleaner. And I love the designers went this direction. Now, a change that I know you really like, Chris, and a change you and I talked about, and a change that Omnis and I talked about, is the crisis card change. So no longer are we in the age of... You choose your deck color, you shuffle the cards, you discard one, and then you have two to choose from. Now it's you choose your color of deck, either secure or extract, you draw one at random. Your opponent does the same. Huge change. Steve's Avengers stock went way up because Avengers, they're not super worried about playing the exact crises. I just think this is such a cool change for the game. We're going to see more crises we haven't even really seen that much. There's a lot of positive things that are coming out of this. There's a ton positive about this. and. 
once again, it it is a hit on you guys that are really, really, really good at the before the game stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry for you guys. I, I I truly am. But researchers, yeah. But for for me, this is amazing. One hundred percent amazing. Also, too, it 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 makes list building harder for you in a positive way, though. Like you have to think about before we always talk about in this community. Select two you're really good at, and select one you're okay at, and you're always kind of kind of get one you're good at. That was kind of the hack right. for it, I say. Not the case anymore, Chris. You've got to choose three you're good at of each color and be pretty confident you know how to play them because it's just being drawn at random. So you've got six crises you know how to play exactly. And then when your opponent draws one of their three, in theory, you know how to play yours. And then hopefully you know how to play theirs too, just from osmosis of the game. But it's so cool. It's so cool. And actually, once again, makes list building so much more dynamic because they might be shocked what they pulled too, you know, <laughs> in combination with yours. 100%. Yeah. Now, this leads to the next change, Chris, which I think is a incredibly interesting change that we're going to have to see the effects of over time because no one really knows exactly how this is going to feel. The player that did not win priority chooses the threat now. This is a big change. So originally it's I win priority, I choose my color of deck, and then I choose threat. Now, not the case. I win priority. I choose the deck we pull from. You obviously play from the other deck. But then you choose the threat when we flip. That's cool. It's very cool because once again, more unknowns, more variables, less preset things going in. Less, uh, if I've got priority, I'm picking this and we're going at its threat level and I know my team immediately. We're going to have to be faster on our feet. That's true. This turn zero got a lot more intense. And in a cool way. I think it really rewards players that are that are good at just good at the game, that understand how the game works, how the systems work, instead of memorizing a play pattern or a few your first your first move, your turn one, all your moves for this team with this crisis and et cetera, et cetera. I just think it's, I think it's good for everyone involved. Players are just going to get better just from playing even, even more so. Yeah, absolutely. And you're just, you're going to want to play more because the game's going to be very different every time you play. More fresh. Yeah. Now moving on, Chris, we have a couple rules clarifications that we did not remember were going to happen in, in this rules doc, but they did. They're pretty helpful. Most of them are pretty simple. First one is there's some changes in the character card section of the rules, namely to showcase the new format of the cards, which we know now is the sideways format that's easier to read for all sorts of people and languages. They kind of show how those cards work now. Also moving on, they show the squad affiliation section. Basically, they distinguish building a squad and then being affiliated from affiliated members of a squad that can use tactics cards. So case in point, you have three members that are Avengers. You have two members that are not of your team. They clarify, once again, in greater detail, those three Avengers can use Avengers Assemble, but the two people cannot use the Avengers Assemble card, but they are considered Avengers for this battle because once again, you hit that more than 51% of your team. So once again, they can use the leadership but they can't use the tactics cards. Just a good clarification, honestly. Well, an excellent clarification for folks that are just picking up some models and kind of, you know, struggling for through their first game or two, you know, with each other. 
just making that it doesn't even have to happen. They don't have to have that talk or that any of that. It just it's spelled out now. Yeah, and continuing with that thought, Chris, they clarified step three of the phase of the game. So basically, they re they rewrote this section to include all non-player effects, including crisis effects and special conditions that happen at the end of this phase of the phase. Also, they clarified something that came out early on in the game in the forums that's now in the rulebook. The priority player will still select the order in which each effect will resolve and suffer the benefits and penalties of each effect first. So basically, this means the player with priority kind of determines the way crises happen and are scored at the end of the phase, but then they happen to them and then they happen to their opponent. So it's one of those things, if you're in a neck and neck game, it's down to the wire, this could make a difference, but most of the time it doesn't. Another thing they add in the section was regarding the timing of the activation token placement. So this is basically another tactics cards question that comes up a lot and makes sense they clarified it. Instead of gaining an activated token after the activated character has performed their second action, the activated token will be gained at the end of the entire activation, which means is the point where the player's turn ends. So to quantify and simplify all this, this usually means it prevents a character from using a special rule to remove an activated token from character cards like the difficult to please Magneto card and things like that. So mm-hmm. they basically just clarified Activated tokens don't happen after you do your second action and say you're done. It's it's literally the end of every single thing, every, 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 every single thing, healing factor, everything, and then it places. Because, you know, players were asking, oh, so there's a window I can play difficult to please and take an activated token off. Technically, no. So they clarified that. Throws have changed a tiny bit, Chris. Not much, but I think it's pretty cool. So we've always known, and I thought was a cool rule, that if characters are a larger size than the trade feature they collide with, they destroy the train. So right. a size three character like Lizard or Venom, if they hit a size two car, that car blows up. It's gone. Now, if a size two character like Steve, Captain America, hits a car, the car stays, Steve stays. That is still here. They just changed this with throwing terrain into terrain. Originally... You could throw two pieces of terrain at each other that were the same size, like two cars. This is something Brotherhood players did a lot. I did it a lot as Brotherhood. And you blow up both cars and get Brotherhood power. Now, it's the same rule that applies to the rest of the game. The larger size destroys the smaller size. Makes sense. But that means the larger size stays, correct? So, Brotherhood players, soft nerf to your affiliation. I'm sorry. Our condolences. Yeah. So, strategically think about what you're throwing into what, I guess. But if you're throwing... A size three truck into a size two car. That car is destroyed, but the truck remains for a future round. Another clarification they added was knockouts. So it's small, but important to clarify KOs. So when a character is KO'd, all effects on it expire before the character is removed from the battlefield. This means conditions, tactics cards like blind obsession, bleeds, you know, stuns, everything. And this just clarifies the rules because things like dark restoration, Dormammu's card where he brings someone back to life or the age of ultron where ultron returns to the battlefield now it's been completely cleared up cleared up every blind obsession token every condition every crisis condition on them they're all completely gone and then the character comes back to life fresh it's a good clarification yeah just these small wording changes and and small changing the way we go through the steps to make their make sure all these cards are easier to resolve and there's less wiggle room it's just better for everyone to play the game less less conflict less uh <laughs> yeah l- less questions it's just good hopefully less judge calls right so speaking of that chris they clarified once again some of the timing resolutions between two players 
specifically around simultaneous play. So they gave a couple steps in this, but if the effects resolve during the attack and the timing chart does not cover it, the attacker will always resolve first, then the defender. It's clause two. If the effects would resolve during a player's turn, but not during an attack, okay, so we're getting a little bit further down here, the active player resolves first, and then other effects will resolve in player turn order. So then the non-active player would do theirs. And then thirdly, the third section of this is all other effects will still resolve in the order of priority player first, as it is right now in the game. That means the player that currently has priority. So if you can't figure this out through these means, something went cross because it's either the attacker during attack, the player during a player's turn before the other non-player that's not on their turn, or the priority player. If you can't go through all three of those steps, you got to get a track backwards and figure it out because all these things cover, Chris. And this is, you know, this is that rare occurrence when simultaneous things happen, but they do happen. It's not it's not very often really. No, but they do happen. That is it for all the core rules changes to the core rule but Chris of course you know that section we just passed over quickly the card change section you should have to look at that yourself visually because the cards have do have a new layout now so they go into greater detail the new layout of the cards in the new format where everything is but they're still the same cards just in a complete new format but we have to move on to the banned and restricted list because it's been updated yeah i'm i'm pretty excited about this one so let's talk about the restricted list we've only got one card added to the restricted list. And of course, the restricted list, you're only allowed to have two of any from the restricted list in your team squad building. Probably even more important now, Chris, that we have 10 tactics cards to keep this in mind. Absolutely. Bitter Rivals is now on the restricted list. And I am a huge fan of this. Getting all of those big planned third round, spiky, lots and lots of dice at your favorite character that you need to win the game. Uh, they're, they're taking that out. And look, I love I love those plays. I love those kind of plays. They're very fun. But ultimately, if they are too good, or if there's too many of them, if they're too easy to attain, that will be the entire format of the game, is just who can get the best role on these. We want to encourage more styles of play. As many as possible should be as viable as possible. Well, and it's just generic, powerful cards are generically good in all situations. So they're trying to limit those. But Rivals is one of those cards. I've always said it's a more versatile and potentially powerful disarm. And disarm's already great. Disarm's awesome. So it makes perfect sense it's on the restricted list. Time will tell if it ever gets to the ban list. But for now, it's unrestricted. I, I think that's reasonable. It's one of your two restricted. So now you got to make a lot of decisions on if you really want this kind of more malleable disarm, or do you just want to get rid of it and take this arm and take two healing cards instead, you know, because yep. the healing cards are, of course, all on the restricted list. Very powerful now, too, especially with the, the addition of healing from other characters. That's true. Look, healing's the next big gameplay mechanic coming. You, you think it's the new mechanic, Chris, as in... Uh, it's the new way to win games for certain people going forward. <laughs> no, no. I just think we're going to see more of it coming in and characters okay. being introduced. That's all. That's all I meant by that. I just oh, okay. think we're going to see more of it coming. You know, yeah. Healing Factor first came out, and then we got a few more Healing Factor characters along the yeah. way. I, just, I hope we get more. I yeah. think you're going to start seeing more healing and it become a more kind of defined character archetype is all. The Age of Wong is coming. Chris said it here first. That's a lot of healing. Piano Uther, man. I miss it. Piano Uther, man. That's a deep cut. <laughs> it's a hot cut. <laughs> Sorry. No one gets it. 
this is good. And it's, it really, once again, it's forcing us to make answer more questions and really think a little bit more outside the box on card picks. And this is a trend going forward because when we get to the tax card section, you will see this. But before we leave the restricted section, Chris, I'm going to update the listener with the new list now of restricted cards because it is six cards now. So, oh, buddy, the restricted list is now Brace for Impact, Bitter Rivals, Doom Prophecy, Field Dressing, Med Pack, and Patch Up. So it's it's getting bigger. But moving on, Chris, to the ban list. Of course, before these two new additions, there was only two cards on the ban list. That's Drop Off, which was just too powerful, as we know, and Hired Muscle, which was an auto-winning card for certain turn zero teams. They've added two more cards now. This is unbelievable. They have doubled the, the ban list. This is unconscionable. <laughs> There's two cards that are added to this list that did not surprise us at all. But it is double its size now, Chris. You do have a good point. No, I'm I'm fully on board with it being double the size, actually. I support this wholeheartedly. So the first card that was the most unexpected one and the one that has yes. a vocal minority on the Marvel Christ Pro groups up in a frenzy. We're sorry for your loss, guys. We really are. We're sorry for your loss, but it is a crisis card. Now, a lot of these people are upset because they do have a valid point that now there is a crisis that no longer is in the game at all, as we can never play it, and it's just gone. And first of all, I rebuttal that with, you can do whatever you want on your kitchen table. If you really enjoyed this crisis a lot, just play it. But competitively, tournaments, TTS, onward, it's just gone. And that's okay. I think it's okay. So Chris, I'll tell you why this card is gone from the competitive community. Certain teams pretty much auto-win this card if they play the game well. I'm looking at you, certain Black Order rosters. I'm looking at you, Asgard in particular, because Asgard gains two power a turn, and they, there's no way for their opponent to gain more power than them throughout the game to spin that six power to evacuate the civilians. Outside of that, it was these wider teams and then these higher power teams that were really good at this objective. But before now, it was a restricted card. So you really had to choose it that you wanted it. With the crisis card change, then going to a random draw, I mean, were you really going to take it anyways? That You're kind of rolling dice as one of your restricted cards, a card that I might not even pull on my team that's really good at this one crisis. And I think AMG just saw all that and they just said, let's just take that entire metagaming out of our game. It's gone. That begs the question, will we see this with the next crisis card that get, needs to get put on the banned or restricted list? Is it going to skip restricted entirely and go straight to banned? Good question. And I don't really don't think there's any in the game right now that are like that. So that's the positive no. positive part of it. But you're right. Maybe if a crisis card gets out of hand where, it, where a certain team archetype starts winning it over and over again, they just take it out of the game. And that's the way to go. I'm all for that, uh, to be honest. I've seen people bring up criticisms of this online that... <laughs> This sounds ridiculous to say out loud, but I, I have to say it. Some of the people say online, I only bought Star-Lord for this crisis because I will never play Star-Lord. Well, problem number one is you bought a model and you're looking at the value of your box more in the cards than the model. I think you got a model out of it, you know, whether it's a model you play in the game or not. Okay. I understand that, but you at least can put it together and enjoy it. I think you should play Star-Lord because especially now he's better than he's ever been, but I don't think you should be upset that a crisis has gone for the game because we have new crisis cards on the horizon with new releases very soon. And Dormammu has a new crisis card that just came out for us here in the US and other parts of the world. So I don't think we're 
in trouble, Chris, on number of crisis cards. I do understand people being upset about a way to play the game being gone, but it's not gone. You can play it at home all you want. I don't think we need to get fixated on this. I think we just need to get fixated on the thought that AMG saw people metagaming a particular part of their game. And if you can look at all these changes they've made across the board, they want the game to be balanced for everyone and they want everyone to kind of meet at the table and play their best and just play fairly. And this kind of gets around that. And I think it's case closed at that point. I liked this crisis. I thought it was fun evacuating a bunch of civilians out of the city. It was fun to do as guardians because it just felt thematically right for them. But, you know, it's gone. It's gone. And if it'll be back, it'll be back one day and we'll see. But we've got to move on, Chris, because we're very happy about this next card that was banned. And I say this as someone who's played it recently in a, a couple tournaments back. Not mm-hmm. the last couple tournaments I played. I did not play it. All you got is now banned. And that's good because though it was a really fun card, especially for attrition teams, and I do think this is like a a really painful loss for Carnage in particular, just a character in particular. It was being abused, especially in the TTS League, in particular with beam characters. Carnage was not the problem, actually, at all. Carnage getting to go several times and kill models is what, what he's designed to do. And gets he has weaknesses right. outside of that. But people were using this with Enchantress, with Vision, with War Machine, and just beaming multiple, multiple, multiple times and just dazing models. Or people were using this to kill high-threat models before they got to go, like Hulk and Thanos and stuff. And I don't think AMG wants that. I think AMG wants these models like Hulk and Thanos and stuff and Dormammu to be around most of the game and you to kill them through good play, not through, well, I attacked four times and got lucky with my dice rolls. I think that's why it's mainly gone. I am not mad about it at all. Once again, and I, guys, I, I say this with no no sarcasm or anything. Like right. If any of these changes bother you, I, I truly am. I am sorry for your loss and I'm sorry that you're upset. Like I'm not being a jerk. But I know you're not. I think these are really, really positive things for yeah. the game, man. And healthy. A healthy tournament scene at this point in time, I think, is maybe the best thing the game could have mm-hmm. from a growth standpoint. Well, the world is opening back up again, right? So exactly. These changes are paramount, positive, and perfect in their timing right now. And I think that's where we need to be because we're going to have balanced tournaments, balanced affiliations, and people having a good time. And this is one of those things like if you and I, Chris, both bought, brought all you got to a tournament, we both played exactly the same in one game, made no mistakes, played our best. And then one of us just got a good all you got turn and one of us got a bad all you got turn, which happened. You got all, bad all you got turns all the time. It just doesn't feel good. You know, it just feels it feels bad for both players involved. So I'm, I'm happy it's gone. You know, it is a bummer for attrition teams. It is a big hit for them because their ultimate goal is to kill you and not really win through objectives, which is already really hard to do in this game. It's just hard to table your opponent. It just is. It very, very much is. But I think that they'll get a replacement card. Something will go in that won't be as easy to abuse. It'll be worded better. And I think that is, along with healing, I think that's another another game's you know, way of playing the game that might pick up soon. The higher threat we get. Interesting. I like that. Just a thought, man. Just a thought. Good thoughts. Once again, though, this is not a surprise to anyone, and everyone was pretty convinced it would be banned soon. So I've not been playing with it for a long time, even with lists with Carnage and stuff, just because I was preparing for its arrival. It does hurt those, like, single assassin characters like Carnage in particular. But overall, it's a good change. 
It's all these bean characters. And, you know, no one should be able to take the Hulk down in one activation. So I think it's one of those things like it's it's positive overall for the game. You're going to have more fun matches because of it. Let's just embrace it. That's it for the band list, Chris. So the band list is now Crisis Card, Fear Grip City as evacuation efforts continue. And then all you've got, drop off and hired muscle. That's the band list in full. But we have to move on to Infinity Gems and then Tactics Cards. So a very big change happened, Chris, with the Infinity Gems. The first change we're going to talk about is only two of the gems changed. That's the Space Gem and the Time Gem. But they both went down from two threat to one threat. So now every gem in the game is one threat. You don't have to worry about all these weird flavors and questions. It's, It's what gem do you want to play if your character can carry that gem. So originally, the Space Gem read Active Superpower pay two power, choose this character or another allied character within range three and place it within range two of its current position. The superpower can be used only once per turn. The new space gem that costs one threat, still an active superpower, still costs two power to do. Choose this character or another allied character within range three and place it within range two of its current position. This you reckon only used to be once per turn. So it's exactly the same, just has been decreased in threat. This is cool because by far, the Space Gem was the least used Infinity Gem in the game. It was just too costly for the threat. Not enough reward for two threat. You're already putting Space Gems usually on pretty high threat models. Taking a 5 to a 7, taking a 6 to an 8, that's just it's just too much. Not enough reward there just to be able to move for two threat. I think this is a good change. I still think it's tough to take... The space gem, though. I'll tell you where I'm taking it first try, Chris. Please do. Please do. I'm no longer married to no gem Loki or mind gem Loki. I think space gem Loki is now a real Uh-oh. thing. I'm just telling you, man. Loki sitting in the middle of the board already doing the Loki bubble, and now he's moving Thor and Angela up. I mean, that's kind of scary. All right, all right. I like this. I don't know. We'll see with how Asgard shakes out. So originally, the time gem was two threat. It was an active superpower called time gem. It cost two power. This character may perform an additional action this activation. This superpower can be used only once per turn. This was game-breaking, Chris. In the TTS yeah, League. it's awesome. A lot of people were using Thanos, taking three actions every turn. They were going super, super small Black Order roster. Three models. Thanos with two gems. Corvus Proxima. Corvus with a gem, of course. The reality. And that's just what they were playing. And they kind of killed that. Because now the time gem is completely different. It costs one threat now. It's a reactive power called Time Gem, no longer active. Costs two power. When this character is attacking, before the calculate success or failure step, at the end of the modified die step of the attack, it may use the superpower. The attacking character and the defending character now reroll all of their attack and defense dice, including all skulls. Okay, we're going to see how this gem shapes out, Chris, but I think it's very interesting. It's basically the Eye of Agamotto for both players now. Kind of an insurance policy, isn't it? It's like you roll really, really bad and your opponent rolls okay or good. You're just going to use this, right? Hey, if the opponent has one of those god rolls, you're just going to use this. Yeah. We know in Marvel Christ Protocol, the dice always benefit the attacker more than defender. It's just a innate base rule set of the dice. I know some people are underwhelmed by this. They're a little upset. It's not powerful enough, but you know, it is only one threat now. And this is one of those things like this is free for Thanos, Chris. It's free. He's going to start hitting a lot harder. Yeah. Clearly you could use it to help wipe your opponents from the board, but yeah, that and that's the intention, right? It says when this character is attacking, I think it's one of those things you're not, 
upset to re-roll all the dice, right? If you just don't like what you have. Not always. It's hard, though. I understand that it could roll back into a feels bad or worse roll, but, you know, if you know what you have and you don't like it, why not roll it again? Look, sometimes you just need one more damage. Sometimes you just need just that little bit more. Or, man, hey, if good defense rolls are pretty hard to replicate. Average attacking rolls, they're average for a reason. So if they've got a really great defense roll, you might as well just do it. And like we've been saying, like, I, I think with this, that Thanos starts to hit pretty hard. Well, here's what's also cool, Chris. I'm, I'm trying to read this and figure this out because Doctor Strange, of course, can take the time gym as well. The Eye of Agamotto reads, this character may re-roll, may modify and re-roll all skull dice results. This character may re-roll all of his attack or defense dice once per attack. So with the original Strange, you could get really fun with this gem. Like you could, if you start doing math in your head, you can Eye of Agamotto and use the Time Gem in some sort of sequence to get the dice that you more prefer. Now, Eye of Agamotto's better because you roll you roll only your dice, but what if you use Time Gem first and then you have Eye of Agamotto your dice again? Like Basically, you're using the Time Gem just to mess with their dice, and you're like, well, I didn't actually get what I want on my attack. Okay, now Eye of Agamotto. I don't know. There, someone will crack this. It's interesting. It's only one threat, man. It's only one threat. <laughs> It's a lot to pay for, though. But here's the thing, Chris. Gems are so great because on their worst day, they're giving you Asgardian during the power phase, right? Like, they're giving you it's one true. power. So, that's huge in this game, as we all know. Like, Danny still catches people unaware. It happened to me at the tournament recently. They're like, how did you interact twice round one? I'm like, it's Danny. He gets two. You know? It's just a huge thing in this game. So, I'm intrigued by this. I'm very intrigued. I mean, Doctor Strange uses a spender. Didn't go well. Have another try at that spender, you know, and not feel so bad about doing a spender that didn't hit, which happens to all of us in this game. So I'm all the time. I'm very interested. I think it's neat. And more importantly, this gets around the issue that the original gem created, which was three action Thanos, which was Thanos going around picking up three cubes round one. And then you're just at a huge deficit. So they just kind of killed that entirely. And I, I really do like that. But moving on, Chris, we've got to close the episode with tactics cards. We have to. These are very exciting. The first tactics card is Ricochet Blast from the core set. It's exactly the same, except it costs Iron Man and Captain America one less power. Now it costs them one power each. Ricochet Blast is going to happen. I love this because now this card is playable. Absolutely. It was almost playable before, you know? It was- exactly. It, like You could talk yourself into making a bad choice and taking it. But now it's not a bad choice. It was playable with the new tactics card change of 10. It just happened to get discounted too, right? So that's where we're at now, which is just so cool. Now, Chris, the next tactics card is a change no one was ready for, myself included. It's one of my favorite tactics cards in the game. I'm so happy. I think this is so cool for everyone but Carnage. But I think this is so cool just for the game in general. Doom Prophecy is now restricted to Asgard affiliation only. That's not Thor and your team. That's you have to be Asgard affiliated. Only an Asgardian can play this card on an Asgardian team. What do you think about this? Doom Prophecy going to Asgard only. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Just because it's destroyed me outside of that uh, affiliation so many times. It's purely un- anecdotal dislike. I don't have any big brain takes on it. Other than it, you know, it just, it was always a good choice. So if it's always a good choice, it might be a little OP. Just a thought. I agree with what you're saying, but it's weird that this is like a singular 
super nerfed to Carnage. That's okay, but it, it is a kind of a bummer. Yeah, I, I think, look, he's just, he caught some strays. <laughs> Carnage caught some strays. He clearly wasn't being targeted. No. You know, I think he's good character design, and it was a bunch of enthusiastic Carnage players trying to squeeze everything they can out of him to make him viable, uh, or, or more viable, you know, you know, on the upper side of competitive. And I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. I know. I know yeah. it hurts. It's a bummer. Basically, Carnage got nerfed for the greater good of the game, Chris, because this was a very powerful card for certain characters. It's just fun that Asgard only has access to this now, thematically. It's just a neat thing. So Angela and Thor are going to be the main characters we now see using this, maybe Hela sometimes as well. And they're going to have cool turns with this, and that's really when we're going to see it. And that's about it for now. Moving on, the defenders got hit a little bit, which no surprise here. The pentagram of Farlala got hit, and that's, of course, it got increased to three power that you have to spend during the power phase, which means you can no longer do a turn one. You just can't. That's big. That's big. But it's good. Right, because originally players were taking the Soul Stone on Strange, guaranteeing that he got two power like he was an Asgardian turn one, and he could play this. You can no longer portal to the middle of the board round one. That's gone. So it's a round two onward play. And I think this is a positive change for the game. It's a bummer for Defenders players, I know, because this is their most powerful card. People even joked online and said, you play Defenders for this card more than the leadership. When AMG heard that, they said, okay, because <laughs> we want you to play the leadership first and the team makeup first, and then the cards that come with it. So makes sense. But sorry, Defenders. You're just getting brought in line. You know, you can't portal Modoc to the middle of the board round one. It seems fair. now. we can't do that. It's still a really good card. <laughs> yeah, it's still really good. Moving on, Asgard did get a little bit of a buff with Doom Prophecy, but Rainbow Bridge was changed a little bit. So Rainbow Bridge is one of Asgard's auto-include cards. Any number of valid characters that are Asgard not holding objective tokens may spend three power to play this card. Then all characters that spent power this way are placed within range three of their current position. Originally, Chris, you could have an objective token, and you could also ride the Bifrost. You can no longer do that. So they're just reining in once again those plays of running away with an objective, super late game, with a Thor who has two. That Thor can no longer ride the Bifrost out of there. He can't do it, but everyone else on his team who doesn't have objective can. So another positive change. Good. Rain, rain it in, you know? Keep that whole, like, sure. holding extracts feel the way it always does, where it's like you never feel fully safe. That's a good thing. You shouldn't, yeah. Moving on, they changed Gamma Launch. As the Hulk player of the podcast, I am sad, but I do know we have new Hulk changes that make Hulk better, so I understand maybe why bringing Gamma Launch's power level down a little bit. And basically, this was another thing that they saw prevalent early on in the game, Chris, which is Gamma Launch was a card you didn't have to play during Hulk's activation. You could just play it any time, as long as the character was by Hulk. So Hulk has been the power, throw them, and then that character could go. So early on in the game's life cycle, we saw naturally Hulk throwing Thor up into the middle of the board, and then you would go with Thor on his activation. You can't do that now because now a Gamma Launch reads during Hulk's activation, if he is within range two of another allied character who is not holding a civilian or asset token, he may spend three power to play this card, place the allied character within range five of their current position. So Hulk can still throw someone further than anyone across the entire board, but it has to be during Hulk's term. Requires a lot more foresight. Requires a lot more foresight. Still really good. Still really good. And now that I have new Hulk in my hands, Chris, I will be gamma launching She-Hulk soon. Oh my goodness. (laughs) 
also another incredibly positive change that I know the TTS League and some of the competitive league assumed was coming because they're all playing this card. Advanced R&D has been changed. It works exactly the same as it did before. During a character's activation, they can spend five to play this card. Choose any other ally characters equal to the power spent. Each chosen character gains one power. You can still spread power like you normally could, but Chris, it's active during a character's activation. So originally you could, oh, Shuri has five power. Shuri spends the five power, spins it around, and now I go with someone else. They got rid of that. They did the same treatment they did to Hulk's Gamma card. So once again, these turn zero, these turn one plays are being reduced and taken out of the game. There it is. It's good for the game. It's healthy for the game. Not everybody needs to be running their turn one opening plays that they've practiced over and over again. We've got to have variety. It's healthy, even if it's a little painful. Yeah. And I think this makes a Lockjaw stock go up. Because remember when Lockjaw first came out, people were kind of concerned about his turn one plays and all this stuff. But then they kind of just got off of him because they were like, "Ah, I can just do all this with cards anyways. Yeah. Now Lockjaw does his thing. He gains a bunch of power. He teleports his allies. He He's a good boy. He does all the things he does. And there's viability to playing him again and more. As I think it was weird that the community got off him, to be honest. He's such a great model. It is weird, but I think he'll be back. Chris, closing out the card changes. We're bookending where we started. We started with Ricochet Blast. We're ending with Thunderwave. All these Corset Avengers get in love. I'm so happy about it. So, of course, Thor and Cap have an attack together. It's called Thunderwave. It's now been reduced to one power on each of them. Again, it's no longer two power on each of them, just like Ricochet Blast. So if you see someone across the table from you, Chris, they have Steve, they have Thor, they have Tony. Get ready for one or both of these cards. How fun would it be to bring both cards and be able to get them off? <laughs> just Steve's so cool. in the middle of the board, just like shooting Bingo. stuff into people. Man, what a fun turn that would be. Oh, I'll I'll do that all day on uh, Gamma. Let's do it. I believe <laughs> it. Come into the shelters and get all the attacks into you. But that's it for all these rules, tactics, and gym changes, Chris, in this update. That's a lot. It's very exciting. It's a lot. And of course, the banded restricted list. Now, something I didn't bring up, which I'll bring up now, which I'm very intrigued what AMG has to say about this. And I think Nate from the Gamers Guild brought this up on the Facebook, which I thought was a great question. If Doom Prophecy is restricted and it's Asgard only now, does Asgard just have one restricted card by default that only affects them? That seems unfair to Asgard, but maybe it's intentional. We will see. So the question there is, if Doom Prophecy is Asgard only and you take it, if you're playing Asgard, you already have one of your two restricted cards. It's a valid question. Is there crossover there? Did they not remove it off the restricted list when it got switched to Asgard? Or is that a completely intentional? Time will tell. It could be the Asgard tax. It could be. And that makes sense because they hit hard and they hit harder with Doom Prophecy. So Yes, they do. I'm interested to hear what they have to say, but something we bring up here because we don't have a definitive answer right now because it is so early. Right. But Chris, that's it this week. I mean, how are you feeling about just all the changes overall, getting the 10 tactics cards to the table, all these turn zero changes? I mean, there's so much. Well, I said it at the, at the top of the show, but I, I really think that this is kind of the second dawn of the game or whatever. You know, this is... This is our rulebook version two. It's true. Things are a little bit more finely tuned. You know, uh, it's a very easily replicatable system as far as design goes and also just the actual physical art design on the 
the physical cards. They've been cleaned up, updated for a more world game, and it's just it's all good. These are all very very positive changes for me, even if some of them hurt a little bit in the short term. I couldn't agree more, and I really have nothing else to add because I feel like we've discussed everything as we've gone along. So if you have thoughts on these changes, reach out to us. I mean, there's been a lot of good discussion on our patron Discord since these dropped, and they're still going on right now. So it's great, great discussion. Bunch of smart folks talking in our patron Discord about these changes. Love reading their thoughts. Furious Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Furious Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Furious Finest. Find us on social media. Find us on Twitter at Furious Finest Cast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Furious Finest. Email us at FuriousFinest at gmail.com with any ideas, inquiries, or questions. And if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, it really means a lot to us and helps us out. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, maybe a friend or partner does, and you can leave us a review. We're getting up there, Chris, in our reviews, but you know it's interesting. We have a lot of reviews on Apple Podcasts, more than most gaming podcasts. So I, I can't besmirch that or not talk about how humbled I am by that. But also, very cool. if all of you left a review we would be up there with like the great podcasts and number of five-star reviews. So maybe one day we get new reviews like every week, Chris. It's a very wonderful thing. So thank you for that, guys. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And like Jesse said, keep doing that thing, guys. We really, really, really appreciate it. It's extremely humbling and awesome and warms my little black heart. That's true. And it keeps us going and keeps the show going. So thank you for that. You can find Chris and I on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and that Marvel Christ Protocol Facebook sometimes at Jesse Aiken, J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. And I don't have Facebook. I'm not in the group. We hope you guys will join us next episode when we deep dive into all the character card changes, which are the meat of this giant new doc we have. It should be fun. But until then, thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 